0: It occurred to me that I'm maybe most familiar with ambient music because Brian Eno is often an answer in a crossword puzzle.
1: <laughs> Peter How familiar were you a week ago with this musical subgenre called drone? So I hadn't actually heard referred
2: to as drone
0: music before. I'm familiar with the term ambient uh, is that the
1: same, or is drone a subgenre of ambient? Uh probably the other way around, if that makes sense. There's so many minimalist subgenres. Um, I-, I tend towards it, it. It incorporates all sorts of space music, n- new age music. Although a lot of the hardcore drone and minimalist people probably recoil at the associations of new age which is the sort of like you know what that is the, the light ethereal kind of diet classical music that has pretty tinkly piano lines or acoustic guitar or whatever but but there are it's, it's basically minimalist uh, sustained atmospheric music New London Drone Orchestra is, is a, a real ensemble, a live music drone performing ensemble that's right here in our town.
0: I was looking for an opportunity to play music with other people. I had not had a lot of experience with that really since high school when I played in choirs.
1: Um, or, you know, sang in in a choir. We spoke with Pamela Wilson, who was in fact the founder of the New London Drone Orchestra. So I'm
0: not a terribly gifted musician. I have a lot of uh, feeling when I play, but um, my accuracy with notes and rhythms has not been great. So I felt like I knew it would be valuable sort of spiritually and psychologically to play music with other people. But I thought it would take me a couple of years to get to the point of like serious practice before I could do that. And I thought, well, what could I do otherwise? And just kind of kept it simmering in the back of my mind. And then there was one morning, it was a Saturday morning. And I looked on Facebook and there were these two amazing videos that had been posted. One was from NTS radio And it was a video that's out there of Pharaoh Sanders playing uh, in a tunnel in Golden Gate Park with a harmonium player um, sitting on the ground playing. And I thought, huh, I have a harmonium. And then I saw a group called Pelt and various like smaller groups within that group um, playing this Appalachian kind of drone music. And I thought, That's it, a drone orchestra, that's what it is. So I got some three by five index cards and I wrote in marker that I was looking to co-create the new London Drone Orchestra and was looking for co-creators to join me and figure out how to make drone music together. And I drove down to Telegraph Records and uh, tacked it up on their bulletin board. And that's really how it started. We started at Spark Maker Spaces. Um, they used to have a co-working space on Golden Street. I made a sign to go in the window that I thought maybe I could recruit people who wondered what this person sitting in this room with a window alone, because people would stop by you know, when we were practicing so that they would know what was even going on. Um, I assumed that I would be by myself for months and I was never by myself.
1: Tim Wolfe plays uh, a variety of peculiar instruments that I do not think you would find at Guitar Center or in your high school
2: band class. The funny thing is, um, I play play some instruments like this thing, which is, uh, it's called a Dusunguni. It's from uh, Mali in West Africa, and it's a harp. It's six strings, and it gets tuned by moving these uh, string tension bands up and down. So it's not easy to tune. Once I get it tuned, and there are only like five notes it plays out of six strings, so it's... uh, So often, it'll be tuned to D. And we're sort of used to like, okay, Tim's here, we'll play in D. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: they, in this downtime, of the epidemic and and self-quarantine, decided to make an album. They were planning on making an album anyway when everybody got sick, but by definition of drone or ambient music, most of that is done as it happens. I think the artists do occasionally compose material or once they've composed it, they can play it again, but it's very much an improvisational thing Mm -hmm and relies on, if there isn't a band, they rely on the interaction with what the other people are doing. They flipped that on the head with the epidemic and seven of the members started sending each other tracks of of sonic, experiments or whatever you will and they went back and forth and they made made an album together
2: it was really up to everybody individually once the tracks were submitted think of it as like everything got put into a hopper um, they were all separate and then everybody could download those individual tracks or a total of 16 individual tracks done by seven different members
0: I feel like the transition from organically playing together to individually recording and putting it back together again, when we were putting it back together, um, each of us who did mix a track from the tracks that were provided, I feel like we switched from deep listening, which is what we do when we listen together, when we're playing together, um, to close listening, to think about how the pieces would fit together.
2: It was really no, no parameter was put on it. At first I I had suggested we shoot for like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes, but you know, somebody came up with a half hour mix and it was great.
0: It is a little tense and foreboding as that was, it was very, you know, it was like the second and third weeks of March were the weeks that we were actually doing our individual recordings in our own spaces and so there wasn't anything else to bump off of and it was very new at that time the situation of being at home all the time so i think it couldn't help but
2: capture that mood i think it's undeniable that there's there's i'll just call it a quarantine vibe um as interpreted by people being alone i mean one one, One track was recorded by somebody on their phone, and I haven't verified this with her, but I think it was in the bathroom because it sounds from the ambience of of it. And all she did was clap and um, breathe heavily and drip things in, in water that I assume is a bathtub. that was very unique compared to some people playing on multi thousand dollar synthesizers or or me playing on a you know digitally processed um, you know a- african thumb piano and so that diversity but still everything had a mood to it you know there there's nothing like this echoing of somebody clapping in a bathroom by themselves that, that says i'm alone
1: I think the way I heard about the new London Drone Orchestra was that, as you know, Pete, my wife Eileen works at Conn College, and she said, uh, and she knows and appreciates some of the ambient stuff that I listen to. Uh, and she came one day and said, I happen to be in Harkness Chapel, uh, you know, on campus there, which is, it's a typical, what you would hope to see in a New England college campus as a as a small i presume non non-denominational place to gather and it's gorgeous and it has wonderful acoustics and eileen said and i you know she walked through or whatever and the new they were either practicing or performing uh there the new london drone orchestra and it turns out that's sort of their Their residency, that's their home. They play there.
0: One of the people who joined us on the basis of the notice that I put up on the Connecticut College kind of Craigslist thing, Joe Frawley was his lunch hours um, playing the Steinway in the chapel, and the chaplain at that time loved his playing, and he didn't want to join us at the makerspace because there wasn't a piano there. So he proposed that we begin playing in the chapel and we got her permission. And every time I thanked her up, down and sideways, she just looked at me and said, that's what the space is here for.
1: How perfect is that? It's not like a a nightclub where every Tuesday night the Rebirth Brass Band is playing at the Maple Street Cafe or whatever. For me, as I get older and I try to write fiction or even as I write my work at, at the day, the idea of music with lyrics can be distracting to me. Whereas a really good ambient or minimalist or drone album doesn't just provide background music that soothes, but it sort of pushes me along. It provides a mood. I like the darker stuff, which is melancholy and it's funereal and so it is background music, but at the same time, it is something that's pushing my concentration in other directions.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, since I started working from home, you know, when we were making the album and you know, listening to the tracks to think about what order they would go in and things like that, I just started playing it when I was working from home.
1: And it's it's splendid to work from home too. I guess you could say it's soundtrack music for whatever you're doing. Just like there's great soundtrack that make a hell of a big difference in film, in the film you're watching, I I can be reading a certain kind of book and say, I want to hear this particular artist, and it might be a drone or minimalist artist, And that, and in that fashion, what they have created becomes my... I have transferred them their work into providing a soundtrack for another artistic pursuit.
0: I mean, I had nothing, like, I made my own mix, um, and I chose the order, and I've been doing the promo, that's really, like, that's been my contribution, it was really Tim's whole idea, and I was so grateful from that, you know, fresh from being sent home from work with my computer, and the adjustment phase, it was so great to have a creative project to focus on, Um, I think that really helped me adjust and not get into a big a hole as maybe some other people
2: have. Not to give people the wrong idea, the the thing I'll mention though, is at the end of the project, after I had mastered all the tracks that, that had been submitted and we put them together, I was itching to do something counter to it. And so I did a dance mix out of the tracks. So it's fun. It's like a house mix of of everything that was like otherwise like morose.
1: It was fun talking to both of those people and interesting to learn how they did it. And it adds to my appreciation to, to a genre of music that clearly I like a lot. And as I said I will listen I will listen to this album it goes into my rotation as extensive as that might be what I want to know is would you listen to it again and does it make you want to hear other artists that that play dark ambient or electronica or drone music
0: I would really like to go see them perform live I feel like there would be a big difference between hearing it in your headphones and being in that space of the chapel and having
1: it kind of f- fill the acoustic space around you. So that's what I'd really like to do. I totally get it and I did see way back in Dallas before I moved up here I saw Robert Fripp do a Frippertronics show at a Sound Warehouse record store back when that was still a chain and it was astonishing. I mean you're not It's not like he's running all over the stage like, you know, Mick Jagger or whatever. There's not much visually happening, but at the same time, you can see the concentration going on. And Tangerine Dream used to to tour all the time, not so much in the States, but I would have given anything to have seen Tangerine Dream play. It's just, you know, three guys with these mountains of synthesizers, and they generated new material every time they stepped out on the stage. So I think what we ought to do is say maybe this is sort of a part one. And when the epidemic is over and we do return to normalcy, let's let's make a promise that we will turn another podcast and devote it to and source it from Harkness Chapel when those guys are playing again sound like a deal definitely all right go forth the next time i see you, i'll loan you "Fade" by tangerine green